What is up? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, and we are getting ready to bet the field on week three. It is time to do a little bit of gambling. As always, I got my man, the I-N-G-B-E-R. Dude, David, what's going on? I'm all right. How you doing? Good, man. A little bit later in the show, we are going to have for the win Steven Ruiz on to do a little deep dive on quarterbacks. He is someone whose evaluation I really trust. We'll get into what is the deal with Carson Wentz. We'll get into is Drew Brees and that turkey elbow dead. And we're also going to talk about are we believers in Ryan Tannehill? At the end of the show, we're going to get into crack. He's going to give us our three crack commandments. Um, but first, Ingber, we need to cr- we need to bring in those incredible tones of John Burchard because I okay. I actually didn't talk to a smart guy last night. I talked to a smart guy this morning. And before I get into it, David Ingber, any guesses who the smart guy is? I, I want you to have a fair chance. I think it's George Stephanopoulos right now, based on what you've said so far. It is not George Stephanopoulos. We'll try. He is a smart guy, though. Okay, so it's probably someone else. Before I get into a little bit of nuggets, anything from week two show that stuck out to you or that you'd like to bring up before we get into the week three slate? Yeah, I found a little nugget for you that I thought you'd find a little interesting. Okay. Last week we were talking about uh, the 0 and 1 teams versus the 1 and 0 teams and how yes. that can be interesting. And by the way, gambling trends are just gambling trends. Vegas lines, they renormalize because they totally. know these trends just as well as you. I just find them interesting to know heading into a weekend, right? So teams that fail to cover in both weeks one and two since 2003, they are 58% against the spread in week three. I'll add a to it. Interesting. Oh, you have more? Go, go, go. Teams that didn't cover in the first two weeks and they both lost outright, those are 61% against the spread since 2003. So that applies to a few teams this week, the Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Texans, Lions, and Eagles. Just thought you might find that a little interesting. So I will add to that. This is from Joe Osborne of Odd Shark. NFL teams that were 0-2 against the spread heading into week three. So this is all the similar stuff. The last four years, 76%. 22 and seven against the spread. And I looked this up because I, I try to learn from my bets when I, when I'm wrong, when I go on a show like this and I say, I know this is going to happen. And this happened two years ago where the giants with Eli looked like absolute dog crap in their first two weeks with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they went to Houston and Houston was two and oh, and it was the emergence of Deshaun Watson and Eli beat them outright. And I remember afterwards, somebody told me this stat about 0-2 teams. Guys, remember, there is no fan, there are no fans at the game. There is no in-game motivation. There are certain teams, if you're 0-2, the level of motivation that you have is going to be greater. And I know this seems arbitrary, but a lot of this shit is arbitrary. So there are I, nine, oh, go for it. I also want to say that when people talk about like a desperate team that's 0-2, that doesn't necessarily just mean the players are trying harder. That also means the coaches might be willing to reveal some tricky things in their playbook. That they They're willing to take some team. risks. They're willing right. to go, you know what? That's That young tight end, we're going to start him now because he's actually outperforming and I don't care about the contract we gave him. All that shit goes out the window at 0-2. Right. So it's it's an entire franchise that is desperate to win, not just like, oh, a cornerback's going to work a little bit harder. Like I, I can see people rolling their eyes at that. 
And that's fine because I'm willing to roll some dough. So there are nine teams uh, right now that were 0-2 against the spread. When I told that to the smart guy this morning, he went, nine? And I went, yes. And I listed them off. And what I try to do is go, of the nine, who do I actually trust? The Jets. Ten and a half point dogs at the Colts. Just going to come out and tell you, I'm not interested in betting on that game. I really like the Colts. I love the wake in the run. It just I don't, I don't want to put my money on the Jets. Is that fair, Ingber? Uh, I do have a little Jet stat for you. Okay. They were 0-2 against the spread, and they failed to cover by at least five points in their first two games. Teams with that, right, that didn't cover by at least five points in their first two games, they are 66% against the spread since 2003. And that might be the case. I am not betting on that game either way. Um, so I'm not taking the Colts or the Jets. I just, I'm not interested in that. Browns, 0-2 against the spread thus far. Minus seven against Washington. Candidly, I love the Browns in this game. Okay. But I hate betting on the Browns when they're favored by seven points. Here's why I love the Browns. Of all the teams getting healthy, they're getting healthy the most. They're getting Greedy Williams back, a top corner pick that they had. They're getting Mac Wilson at linebacker back. They're getting another corner in Kevin Johnson. They're starting right tackle that they paid a boatload in free agency. Jack Conklin is back. And on the Washington side, they lose Brandon Scherf, their only good offensive lineman at guard. I believe that Washington has the worst offensive line. And what my smart guy said is, he goes, seven's a lot for the Browns but they make for an interesting teaser. So if you want to use the Browns, because I'm going to be honest, I don't trust that franchise at all. Maybe use them in a teaser, but hashtag Lefko loves the Browns this week. That's good news for me because uh, my Ingber's loser bet this week don't, does, don't give it, might, but it might have it, something to do with the Browns. Wow. Okay, I love that. Um, the one that I said to my smart guy, and Crack, I believe, later is going to agree with it too, Texans, 0-2 against the spread at the Steelers. Texans are plus four. They start off five and a half. Before I even said the line, the smart guy goes, sharps are all over that. So um, I'm a big fan of that one, mainly because I haven't, and I'll say this more throughout the podcast, I haven't seen a lot from the Steelers. And I, if I'm betting on a, on a team that's 0-2, betting on Deshaun Watson's one of those things I like. They also, they played the Chiefs and the Ravens in weeks one and two. I mean, yes. like that's running into a buzzsaw to start your season. A and the Steelers play the Giants and Jeff Driscoll. So a it aligns up. Be 0 -2. Yes. Yeah. When you're, I mean, it, that's one of those schedule things where if we wake up in a few weeks and the Texans are six and three, we're like, oh, right. Remember when they had to play the two best teams in the AFC in weeks one and two? Like, yes. would that really shock a lot of people? Just to give people some injury news, the Steelers might be getting David DeCastro back who, if you guys remember from years of this podcast, is the best pulling guard in the NFL. They do have a rookie at right guard, and they have a, uh, a guy that's had three starts at right tackle. Um, I don't really think the Texans have that much of a pass rush, but the Steelers long-term, remember, I, th I think they're a playoff team. I think they could be a big team in this league. They're getting healthier. Cowboys, 0-2 against the spread, even though they came back and won against the Falcons. Right now, they're at plus five at the Seahawks. The total is 55 and a half. I'll get into this more with crack later. It's a big number. The smart guy told me, maybe you should wait. Maybe people will bet down. How much higher can it get 
is what he said to me. The reason I love the over in this game. Chidobia Wuzie, corner for the Cowboys, out. Anthony Brown, out. Rookie Trayvon Diggs, shoulder injury, questionable, might not play. Demarcus Lawrence, best pass rusher from the Cowboys, he is hurt. And Tyron Smith might be back. So multiple corners and your best pass rusher out and your tackles back. And we saw what the Falcons did to that Dallas defense last week. Other side of the ball, Seahawks lose Bruce Irvin and they lose Marquise Blair. So they lose their best pass rusher and their nickel back and their cornerbacks, Quinton Dunbar and Nico Thorpe are questionable. No pass rush for Seattle. The, the concern that the smart guy said to me is there is a chance for rain. And so that's why he said, how much higher can it really get from 55 and a half and maybe wait a little bit to see the forecast, but my eyeballs went right to the over in that game. And I also think I kind of like the Cowboys plus five. I don't think I'm taking them out right, but I think that Dak Prescott can put up a lot of points on this Seattle defense. I really do. That actually gets into my next question for my picks league that I'm in where we've Ooh. got some props issues and they had a spicy one. It's over under passing touchdowns in this game was six and a half, which feels like a ton of passing touchdowns. Basically, one of these guys would have to get four. The other guy would have to get three. That is a lot of passing touchdowns. But if they're going to be scoring 57, 60 points, that is possible. So I, what do you it think? Over is, under? I'm taking the under the, just because it's And the lot. thing that scares me is... The Dallas Cowboys got back into that game on the feet of Dak Prescott in the red zone, not on the arm. Could you have deep balls? Yes. But the Dallas Cowboys have finally realized how effective Dak is as a runner in the red zone, and that's what scares me. I think you I, I think it's I think it's a great line, you know, because it feels like it could go that way. What scares me is I feel like Dak might do more with his legs than with his arms, because it is passing. Yeah, and if it if it rains, I'll feel great about it. And either way, you could you could put up fifty points and uh, between the two teams, and Zeke has two of the touchdowns, and maybe Chris Carson, you know, catches a lateral and runs one in. Like then, I'm feeling good about it. The other games, I'll go through them quickly. Eagles uh, 0-2 against the spread, taking on the Bengals, who are not 0-2 against the spread. Eagles are minus 5. The smart guy told me to just stay away. Uh, He said, if you're going any side, it's clearly the Eagles. Bengals defensive line banged up could be a huge Miles Sanders game. Uh, I'd also say that if you're playing a little DFS, take tight ends against the Eagles. Not a lot of people out there will be playing Drew Sample in DFS. If if Joe Burrow takes what he was doing with uh, the uh, CJ Uzoma and moves it over to Drew Sample, the Eagles safeties and linebackers are awful. Awful. That's what's been their, their Achilles heel. Think about it. Uh, the, the former Virginia Tech quarterback that is now a tight end uh, for Washington, whose name I can't remember, uh, he went off uh, in the first game. And then Tyler Higby went off uh, for three touchdowns in week two. Drew Sample could be a good play there. Did you find it? It's tight I'm end. i at it right now. Logan Thomas. Nailed it. Um, Lions plus five and a half at the Cardinals. Remember. 2018. You'll remember this. Lions were 0-2 then. Patriots came into Detroit. Patricia beat them outright. I I look at the Lions plus five and a half. I love the over in this game. Lions secondary is beaten up. 
Cardinals defense I don't think is as good as people think. I think Matt Stafford has an oh shit game. I do kind of like the Lions plus five and a half. Um, there is another game where there's two 0-2 teams against the spread, Titans and Vikings, both 0-2 against the spread in that game. I would go Titans minus two and a half. I haven't seen it yet um, from the Vikings, and I haven't really seen it from their passing game. If they want to run off against Simmons in the middle there, Jeffrey Simmons, I know I've been calling him Justin Simmons later, I would go to the Titans. And then the other one, and the smart guy liked this, but he said to buy buy the seven, Panthers plus six and a half at the Chargers. Everyone in the world is going, wow, they lose C.J. McCaffrey. They're done. Everyone in the world is going, wow, Justin Herbert looked great. I'm still getting a rookie quarterback. I, I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater and the quick passing game to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Mike Davis out of the backfield who had eight catches in relief of, CJ, of uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think that he can get the ball out quick enough to negate the pass rush of Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And on the other side, I don't have a lot of faith in the Panthers' D. But I think six and a half, I would probably buy it up to the seven. What did you think of those last few there before I kind of move on? Not going to lie, I'm a little distracted because my wife and daughter are playing Hamilton right outside the door, and I was trying to text them to turn it down a little bit so that we don't get sued for copyright infringement. We can't hear it, so do not worry. Um <laughs> All right, now it is time to talk to uh, a guy that I think is a lot of fun to follow on Twitter, and I think he's got a really good insight in the NFL, Steven Ruiz uh, for the win. For the win, damn it. It is now time for... It's deep dive interview time. Tell us something we don't already know, won't you? It is now time for our deep dive, and this is my first time seeing his face Uh, It's the second time hearing his voice because I listened to his podcast, The Counter, uh, which I really enjoyed. And I think he does awesome work for For the Win. I think his Twitter account answers the questions that NFL Twitter asks without searching for. Stephen Ruiz, thank you for joining me. That is the best intro I've ever gotten in my career. Or in In my whole life, actually. In my whole life. Wow. But I, I feel like that's something that you pride yourself in is the internet goes, I think Carson Wentz stinks. And then you go, let me spend six hours figuring out if this is true. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, I get help from people that I work with that they push me to answer those questions, but yeah, that's what I take pride in doing, wasting a lot of time answering (laughs) the questions that nobody else cares about outside of NFL Twitter. Um, A lot of people care. So this is typically a gambling show. Um, but this segment, I really want to go into certain topics that I feel like you've already done a lot of uh, looking at this week. That way I know that you've already done a deep dive yourself. As an Eagles fan, all I'm hearing about right now, I literally just got a text in a group chat that said, who's been more disappointing, Carson Wentz or Ben Simmons? You made a video of all of Carson Wentz's mistakes with yakety sacks underneath. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> at the same point... Do you see it bouncing back? I mean, we're, we're four or five years in now. Where, where are you with your evaluation of Carson Wentz? I think he's somewhere in between what we saw in 2017 and what we saw in 2018. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to reach that 2017 height again, but I don't think he's going to stay at this level either. He's, you look at his, his track record and he's never been a quarterback that's inaccurate, this consistently like, 
the last two weeks have been ridiculous. He, it's like he switched bodies with Josh Allen. But I don't think it's going to continue. Like, you look at your stat, the stats, and they all suggest he'll be back. I think he'll have a big a big game this week, actually. I tried to mute. I was hoping you were going to keep talking as a, as a police cruiser goes by. Uh, but that's <laughs> New York City. To that point, I saw when you were looking at the Rams-Eagles footage that just Jalen Ramsey keeps popping out to you. So if we're factoring in the offensive line in week one for Carson Wentz and the D-line of Washington, and we're factoring in the fact that, wow, Jalen Ramsey is really coming into his own right now and Aaron Donald's still Aaron Donald, can we put that on other people? Or is it is it mechanics with Wentz? What is sticking out to you? I think it's mostly mechanics. I, teams have forced him into tough throws. I will give him that. Like Doug Peterson he said, they aren't layups. And I would agree with that when I was watching the film. There wasn't a lot of like short throws in this really you know intermediate throws into coverage i mean he is throwing into coverage but he almost has to because he's not really getting open receivers and i think a lot of it does have to do with the rams defense which has been excellent through two weeks it looks like a vic fangio defense and that's where mm. brandon staley comes from and then the, the washington game that was just i mean i can't put it on him when you're throwing under yes. pressure the, the whole game i mean you're gonna miss some throws um so it's eagles Bengals is a game that i'm avoiding just because I look at the Bengals, I look at their D-line, I go, Miles Sanders should have a monster game, but I just don't trust either franchise, and I love Joe Burrow, and I'm, gonna, I'm just staying away from it. But the second team you mentioned, the Rams, I really believe that this week three game Rams-Bills is, is going to teach us a lot. What are, your, what are your big questions heading into that game, and what are you hoping, hoping to learn? I think it's going to teach us a lot about the Bills' offense and Josh Allen in particular. The first two games, he's played well. I'm not going to take credit away from him, but he's played defenses where he didn't have to do too much thinking. Like the Dolphins, for instance, just played man coverage the whole game. When you're playing man coverage, you're not thinking. You're picking out a matchup, and you're throwing to that guy, and he, he made the throws. But against this Rams defense, like I said, it looks like a Vic Fangio defense. And if you know about Vic Fangio's defenses, they're really tough to read. The coverages, they're complex coverages, pattern matching. And I think they're uniquely built to take away the things that the Bills have actually been doing this year, they've been throwing a lot of crossing routes, and the Rams' safeties have just been sitting on crossing routes and just crushing receivers mm. that run them. You saw that in the Eagles game. I think Carson went through like four or five hospital balls. So I'm really interested to see what Josh Allen does against this defense. If he has another great game, then i got to stop hating on him. I just got to admit that he's good. I, so what you were just saying about the Vic Fangio defense and sort of it's – when I equate it to my basketball brain, uh, brain like a – um, a matchup zone yeah. where you're seeing zone, but everybody has certain responsibilities. Is that what you're seeing right now at the Rams? Right, yeah. When when a guy runs into a zone, it turns into man coverage at that point. And like, that just gives you a leverage advantage. Like If you're chasing a crossing route across the field as a corner with outside leverage, it's hard to you know ever get back to play on the ball. Sure. But if you're a safety on the other side of the field and the crossing route is to you and then you pick up in coverage, it's so much easier. One interesting nugget on that side of the ball, the Rams, uh, excuse me, the Bills have actually been, they've kept both tackles and their center the same through two games, but they keep switching up their guards and they're trying to find the best five. What a luxury to have that many offensive linemen to try that out. But also you better figure it out before Aaron right. Donald comes to town. The other side of the ball, I think of the, all the injuries at the Bills linebacking core and we might get Milano back. We might get Tremaine Emmons back. We might get their backups. We don't know. But I think about what the Rams did with their tight ends and running backs these last few weeks. Where are you with Sean McVay 
First year, he's an incredible genius. Let's hire anyone that's breathed the same air as him. Last year, Jared Goff is overrated. Gurley's out. Where are you with McVay? Uh, I never got too down on McVay. Even last year when I watched the tape, it was easy to see what their problem was, and that was the offensive line. It was just wasn't good. I, I Their line just magically got better. It's not like they made any acquisitions during the offseason. That's why I was down on the Rams going into the season. Right, I was like – I mean, reps, they didn't man. even try Just to address reps. the offensive line. This team is dumb. But then week one, they dominate the Cowboys with a defensive line. They do it again against the Eagles, who have a, a decent uh, defensive line. So the, as long as the offense, offensive line is good, I think Sean McVay is going to continue to look like a genius. It's exciting. The, the, the NFL is a lot of fun when Sean McVay and that offense and Jared Goff. Because when Jared Goff has a clean pocket, he can really do some damage. Uh, and I think Ed Oliver is a little bit banged up. But that that's another game – I'm not betting on – if I were, I don't know where you are. I would go Rams on that one because I'm getting the points. And I – see, you you mentioned Josh Allen, and I'm going to eventually transition this to Ryan Tannehill, who me and you are lockstep in. But with Josh, I see the MVP potential, but in games like this, I also see the mistake potential. And so when you say you want to see more from Josh Allen, it's not about the big-time throws to Stefan Diggs. It's If it's a three-point game – can you not fuck up? Is that where you are with Josh Allen? Right. Yeah. Like, obviously, his talent is small things that go into being a good quarterback. Teams are going to be able to take away those deep throws eventually. Good defenses definitely are going to be able to do it. Can you, do you have a plan B? Do you have a change? Do you have a second pitch? Mm. We haven't seen his second pitch yet this season because no team is for. Ryan Tannehill. Let's talk about him. I have never agreed. I have never agreed with an article more where you just talked about the astounding deep ball accuracy that he had last year. Can, can you put that into context? What Ryan Tannehill did and why you wrote it was likely unsustainable. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't even that his deep ball was overly accurate. It was that mm. the Titans receivers caught every deep ball, every accurate deep ball he threw. Like it was ridiculous. There was a, a stat I cited in the article where I think it was like 90% or it might've been 100% at the time of the deep balls that he threw, the accurate ones, their Titans receivers caught it. AJ Brown and, season. Right. And we know how hard it is to connect on, on deep passes. Like even like a guy like Patrick Mahomes is only completing like 50% of his deep passes at mm. best. So that's just a ridiculous rate. And I think eventually it's going to catch up to him. It hasn't really this season, but like when you watch Ryan Tannehill, I'm never sitting there thinking like, whoa, this is a great quarterback. Even this last game, I watched the Jaguars game and I, I was like, oh, it was a pretty good performance. And I look at the stats after and four touchdowns, like 400 yards. I'm like, that's not what that looked like. I think the scheme does a lot of the heavy lifting. So you're maybe more in the Arthur Smith camp. Oh, yeah. Than the, so it sounds like you're not sold on Ryan Tannehill, but you love Arthur Smith, which I'm, I hear from a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sold on him. I'm sold on Ryan Tannehill in – that offense but he still has the same problems i i was actually like higher on him when he was in miami than most people like i thought he was like a you know not top 15 but around that range type of quarterback if he ever got the support he's getting the support in tennessee but you still see the same problems like he still takes way too many sacks he takes a little Mm. too long to process things but he's always been a quarterback that's like tough and willing to you know hang in the pocket and take a hit and throw it downfield, and we're seeing that. Pay off Why do you love him and Arthur together? Why do you think that this is the offense that can that can reach whatever his potential is? That's why, because I think when you're in an offense where you're taking deep shots and you're, you're you know you're taking deep shots off play action, you're going to have to hang in the pocket and you're going to have to take some hits. And Tannehill 
did it. That one throw against Jacksonville, the touchdown where you just like anticipated uh, Beasley coming open, like that's exactly the type of throw he's been capable of making. And now he's in an offense that's like high, highlighting that strength. Uh, a quarterback that I didn't realize I was going to ask all these quarterback questions um, that everybody is high on, but at 0-2, people are going, uh-oh, Houston Texans, uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Taking on the Steelers defense that has been blitzing a ton. And the Steelers defense is great, but I I think last week um, it was a step back. You, you knock out the starting quarterback, in comes Driscoll, and all of a sudden they're moving the ball with Noah Fan, and it, mm. it, it, it gave me a little bit of pause. How do, how do you think Watson reacts to all the blitzes that Pittsburgh's going to sell at him? Could this, in effect, actually make it a little bit easier on him? I do. I do think so. I think you're going to see a lot of empty from the Texans. You're going to see him spread things out, make it give him, uh, Watson a clear picture. I'm hoping Bill O'Brien does that, but you, you never know with Bill O'Brien. Never. But if that's the case, Deshaun Watson and empty, like watching him operate in empty is just football porn. I love watching that. And I think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. He doesn't necessarily get credit for that. And there's a a bunch of reasons why that is, but sure. I thought he handled uh, Kansas City's uh, pressures in, in Week One as well as you can expect, given everything that was going on around him. And the Kansas City, they can throw some complex looks at you, blitz looks, simulated pressures, and he was handling it. So I think he'll have a an easy time against Pittsburgh because their their blitzes aren't really complex; they're just like coming at you. So he'll right. be ready. He'll know where the outlets are. I'm actually taking Houston. I think they're what are they plus four? Yeah, I'm. I'm they're, they, I'll be hearing a little bit later from my guy Crack, uh, uh, a big time sharp, and he said the sharps are all over the Texans. Apparently, it was at plus five and a half, and now it's down to four because people have been betting the Texans. I, I the thing that I, I am a Steelers, I put them in a top five team because I believe that Ben and that offense will hit a groove sometime during the year, and I think that deep, especially with the Castro coming back at guard, right. I, I feel like that's a huge aspect of their running game that's been missing. Um, but right now they're not there. Yeah, they don't. Like they that. haven't had a running game, and yeah, I think DeCastro going back will help. I don't know. I don't know what you've seen out of Ben, but I'm still kind of like I don't know if this is the Ben where. What I to. see out of Ben is what I'm seeing out of all these old quarterbacks. Right. Where quarter one, I'm going. Where is your L? Like, where is any of the mechanics? You all look awful. They hit a groove in like the second and third quarter, and then their arm yeah. gets tired in the fourth. <laughs> That's what I keep seeing with these old guys. I'm trying to figure out, do I bet second quarter totals? Right. Like, how do I take advantage of that? But um, I'm, I'm liking the Texans. That might be one of my bets later. One of your favorite uh, Twitter memes is Kyle Shanahan focusing on a linebacker, mm -hmm. and he's facing an old friend this week <laughs> in Blake Martinez. From a schematic perspective, what is your level of respect for Kyle Shanahan? I don't think it could get any higher. Like, give me a scale. Like, one, it, like, from zero is Rich Kotite, okay. and 10 is, is Bill Walsh. Oh, Bill Walsh. Okay. Oh, then. We're only doing offense. I, I don't know if I can go full Bill Walsh. I'll go 9.5. <laughs> I'll go. Okay. Yeah, I'll go 9. I'll go over Mike Shanahan. Whatever the, the midpoint between Mike Shanahan and Bill Walsh is, I'll take that. So right around Paul Brown. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but but what is it that Shanahan does on a week-to-week -week basis that when you – someone that, like, understands film and watches film that just jumps out to you every time? The fact that I could track what he's doing. Like, I'm not – I watch film and I think I, I do a decent job at it, but I'm not, like, at a coach's level or even, like, a former player's right. level. But if I can suss out what you're doing, 
then I think you're doing a good job. Like it's, it, it's apparent who he's targeting, why he's doing it, how he's attacking the defense. It's the same with Belichick on the other side of the ball. You can always, you know, lock on a Belichick's game plan. I think you could say the same mm. thing about Shanahan, whereas some of these other offensive coordinators, they're just calling plays and you, you don't really know why. So with his quarterback out, a bunch of running backs out, all of his wide receivers, his tight end, who's arguably the best in the NFL, how, do you still think he can have success doing what he does? Against a better defense, I would, I would be skeptical. But against that Giants defense, it's there's so many things you can exploit in, especially the second level. And if there's anyone that's good at exploiting a, a poor second level, it's Kyle Shanahan. We've seen him do this before with Nick Mullins with limited personnel. That first game against the Raiders, I think it was on Thursday Night Football, I think it's going to be a repeat of that. Mm. Well, that was a big Kittle game, too. Yeah, but that's, that's yeah. the problem. But, hey, Jordan Reed's playing well. Jordan Reed is. And, and that's what I, I think is fascinating, too, is the amount of times that Kyle has taken someone from his past offenses and plugged them in, and they're immediately successful. It's just a testament to him. Um, Isaiah Simmons. This is before the draft, during the draft – we always hype up the defensive players. You know, this year it was Brown, Carolina, that defensive line, Isaiah Simmons, and then the season starts, Jeff Akuda. I feel like all three of those guys, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, Jeff Akuda, it's been rough starts. Jeff Akuda, I don't put anything on him. Mm -hmm. Mainly, he wasn't even practicing. He gets thrown in midweek, and now you're guarding MVS down the sideline like it's going to be tough. Isaiah Simmons, all of the questions were, what is he? What can he be? And and he went to the team that's tried to do this before with Hassan Reddick and all those guys. Mm -hmm. What has it been like for people that don't watch the film for Isaiah Simmons so far? This is a, an Arizona team that's trying to make a run at a wild card. What Will he play a role? I, I can't see it happening. Like, you, you could see his head spinning when he's on the film. Like, especially, he's played against... A, a rough de a rough offense to go against in week one. Like going up against Kyle Shanahan, any rookie linebacker is going to look bad. He didn't really play against Washington, so it's kind of hard to be. Oh, crit the snap counts were that drop. Yeah, he. I think he only played like five or six defensive snaps. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But and I and the point I made, I wrote something earlier this week where I was saying the Cardinals they just have to play him, let him take his lumps. Otherwise, it feels like you're just punting on a top ten pick. You have to let him play. This was the problem at Clemson, and I wrote this before the draft. He's like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Like Clemson, mm. it, they were trying to win games. They weren't trying to set him up for future success, but I think they really did him a disservice by not putting him at one spot. Because what I did in my article before the draft was I broke down his role and I made cut-ups of, of him playing in each role. And none of them really – like if you watch any of those, you're not like, whoa, this is a top-10 talent. If you put it all together, you're like, oh, I can see why NFL teams are excited about him. But I don't – I don't think he's a good football player right now. I think he's a, a great athlete, mm. and you can shape him into a good football player, but you have to give him the reps or it's not going to happen. We've seen a lot of times where a player plays incredible in a national championship game, and that's what we talk about constantly and don't look at the rest, and I fear that's what it was for Isaiah Simmons. If you were that Arizona coaching staff, what is the role? Is it the safety? Is it the linebacker? Where, where are you putting him at? It's definitely not safety. I've seen a lot. Like, after I wrote that article last week about Kyle attacking him, a lot of people are like, you got to play him at safety. He doesn't have those movement skills. Like, he's a good straight-line athlete, but he's not – like, people were bringing up Derwin James during the draft. He doesn't move like Derwin James. Derwin James moves mm. like a cornerback. 
he does not. He moves like a very fast. I think what you what have about to do is pass play, rusher. Uh, I mean, he was. He I don't was think he good, has he's the just size. a good blitzer. He's a good blitzer, but he's not. I think you have to use him like the Panthers use Thomas Davis. When Thomas Davis came out, he was a safety, and they transitioned him into a, a weak side linebacker in his second year. I think. And you, they just kept playing him, and eventually he became one of the best uh, will linebackers. And in if the there's I think one time to play Isaiah Simmons, it's the next three weeks where the schedule yeah. that you're playing is really weak. I mean, Detroit. Look, I. I I think I'm taking the over in that game. Uh, Detroit, Arizona, all the injuries to Detroit secondary, Arizona's defense. It's not bad, uh, but, I mean, they also played Dwayne Haskins, so I'm <laughs> like, that, that's not a real test. But now is the time to play Isaiah Simmons. Right. And and then you have an early bye. So uh, I, I hope they can get him up to speed because I, I think that you see the potential in that right. Arizona football team too. Yeah, I Definitely on offense. I love Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, Anyone man. that's read me knows I love him and I love Kyler. But, yeah, the p- potential's there for the defense. They have a lot of good young players. They got young players in the secondary. I thought they should have moved it's on. It's scary how much Patrick Peterson's dropped off, though. Right. I thought they should have traded him this offseason because he kind of he showed the signs of decline. And it's never good when you don't play well after a PD suspension when you're on the wrong side of 30. Exactly. And his, his salary is just – it's too big for how – bad he's playing right now so i thought they should have traded him before the season now i don't think the asking price is going to be too high i don't think you can and i think the first two weeks show it i i think the the the, especially the second week with terry mclaurin just dusting Mm -hmm. him now terry mclaurin we're realizing is a special special player but still um one last one for you uh drew Brees. (laughs) is he our washed king uh monday night against uh las vegas I don't know if that picture was real of the turkey elbow. elbow. Was that real? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, that looked like an elbow of an 80-year-old man. Right. That's But but Drew Brees, I, I think it, it was scary to me in the first as somebody that came out, and I still love the Saints, and I still think they can be a Super Bowl team, and I think weeks one and two are always we, we overreact too much. But – to really not to, to the one deep ball he threw in week one of Jared Cook, he had to crow hop into it. And the best throw in that game was from Taysom Hill. And then in week two, without Michael Thomas, to just see no availability of deep ball. I mean, can they keep doing this with Drew Brees? And are the the calls for Jameis Winston, are they simply jokes? Or are we getting to a point where it's like, let's see LASIK Jameis Winston? Right? right. I think it was a joke in week one, but in the second half on Monday night, it, it stopped being a joke. Like I think if this happens again in week three, those calls are going to get louder and they're going to get more serious. But the problem with Breeze, like the deep ball stuff, that's kind of been a thing for the last three years. He's starting to miss short stuff now. Like his, I think it's completion percentage over expectation is below zero on shorter stuff. And that's kind wow. of what we saw with Brady the last couple of years was – when Brady started to fall off a little bit, he started missing the short stuff. And if you're not precise on the short stuff, I don't know how that offense works. You don't have a deep ball. You don't have a uh, a, short, a quick game that you can rely on down to down. I, I mean, what does that offense look like? What are you doing? I don't know. That's But the reason I still have confidence is because of Sean Payton. Yeah, right, exactly. Because if anyone's going to go, okay, we don't have that. Let's re-engineer the offense completely. It's him. And if you're the only people that are happy are people that have Alvin Kamara on their fantasy <laughs> team. It's like twelve checkdowns right. a game right now. Right. Um. Over. Oh, go for it. Go for it. I was going to say, 
I mean, this is a crazy idea, and I realize how ridiculous it is, but maybe we see a little quarterback rotation. Put Jameis in there for the, the deep and intermediate stuff. You know, put Taysom wow. in, in during the red zone. If you need some quick game, go back to Drew. But I think I, I want to see Jameis Winston play in this offense because I think it suits him perfectly because when Sean Payton is dialing up deep stuff, it is great to watch. I think just nuggets that I've heard recently is that – the Drew Brees possibly going to be a broadcaster this year was a very real possibility. Mm. And Sean Payton was talking to a number of quarterbacks around the league as if this happens, let's do something. And that that scares me a lot. I think that Drew Brees has had a very active offseason, whether it's TVs <laughs> yeah. or his unfortunate comments. Uh, you you kind of look at it and go, man, that's a lot of time thinking about not football. But uh, it sounds like you're still in on the, on the Saints. Are there any other publicly held notions about the NFL before I let you go that you think people are just wrong about or you've seen stuff that, that they're not? Anything else that jumps out to you? Mm, that's a good question. I would say the, I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC right now. I, don't, I think people are on the Rams Whoa. right now. I'm saying I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. In the so you would put them above the Seahawks yes. in their own division. I see. Here's my thing about the Seahawks. This is going to come off as Russ hate. It's not Russ hate, but we've seen Russ go on these streaks where he just blacks out. Like I'm thinking of 2015, the end of the year that that one he, for like a month he threw like 20 touchdowns, no interception. Absolutely. But he's been an inconsistent player where like he has these streaks, and then there's like two or three game stretches where he's people are like, "What's wrong with Russ?" I think mm. we're going to see at least one of those this season. I don't think they're going to be, you know, throwing the ball, completing. Sixty mm. percent of their deep balls all season long, and it's not just because it's Cam Newton. Those receivers, like you're getting beat deep by Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman hasn't caught a deep pass since like 2009. And they sign snacks, but that still doesn't help their pass rush, no, which is not. non-existent. They, so you would take so much because of that pass rush, and I think that, you would take the Rams over. The Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Bucks, the Cow. Yeah. You would take them over all, all of them. Wow. You're no not worried that maybe the sample size is too small? No, because we've seen it. Like, if this was the first year the Rams were good, then yes, it would be a sample size issue. But we've seen it in 2017, 2018, it's the same formula. They just didn't have a defensive line that one year. The, the sample size, the small sample size is 2019. It's not the rest of the. Mm. And they still won nine games. It wasn't like they were a bad team. Like everything went wrong last year and they won nine games. Yeah. And I will say this. I think Daryl Henderson has slept on. And and I think when I know you watched that Eagles game. He had moments that Malcolm Brown can't do. Mm-hmm. And I hope he gets more involved. I wasn't expecting that fire even take at the end. That was really good. I'm definitely betting on the Rams now against the Bills. That's nice. going to be one of my uh, bets. Don't yell at me if you lose money on that. <laughs> no, that that is a rule here. You can't get upset with the advice. Right. I asked for it. I'm taking it. Steven Ruiz for the win. Uh, the counter is the podcast. Is it at Stephen Ruiz on it's Twitter? It's at the Stephen Ruiz. It's like an Ohio State thing. Uh, did you go there? No. Uh, it's oh, not okay, actually okay. Ohio State. I made All you other Stephen Ruiz's, you're second place because this is the Stephen Ruiz. <laughs> you're the man, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, awesome. anytime. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three crack. Commandments! 
with Bill Krakenberger. All right, as John Barshard's voice said, it's time for the three crack commandments, and our man crack is back. Uh, love you always. Uh, check out the Crack Wins app, uh, giving you a lot of information. Uh, crack, let's start off just with a little state of the betting union. What was it like? With all the injuries, what has it been like so far this early season with not a ton of information? What has the vibe just been like of really sharp betters through two weeks? Yeah, you know, again this week, I'll tell you right now, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, a dozen games a dozen games have been bet in the NFL. There's so much NFL action by these guys. And I say these guys, it's about four syndicate groups that all bet uh, NFL. Usually there's one or two. But this year, maybe because of lack of college, there's more focus on NFL, there's more research being done, more analytics. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on this year, and uh, especially this past week. When you have key injuries to key players, I mean, look, the Giants, the Panthers, the 49ers, the, there's so many teams that have injuries. You had a backup quarterback in Denver starting the game without anyone knowing yep. last second. So now the new line comes up Sunday night for the following week, and sure enough, Absolutely, there has been tons of movement, even though the bookmaker puts that lineup with anticipation of, let's just face it, the public, not the, not the sharp guys, the public betting overs. I think we had like, the overs are hitting like 70% this year. 70% of the games went over. So, of course, they're adding a point or two to every game. Don't you know, seven games before Monday afternoon, all over. So, mm. uh, I mean, just look at tonight's game. Tonight's game, um, the, the Battle of Florida, it went 45 today. I woke up, it was 49. That's unbelievable for a total to move four points. Uh, the bookmakers are either that wrong or the, or the public and the, and the sharps are actually right here and, and going over 45. When, so, because I feel like my audience is in that middle ground, where they are more educated than someone that's betting 15 minutes before kickoff, but they're not getting that Sunday night squeeze. If we know that so much of the overs are being bet on Sunday, how do we handle that moving forward? Because I'm going to be honest. So I know that some of those overs got juiced, but I'm looking at the injuries. I'm going, I still like the over, even though it's at 55. What's, what's the best way to react to that? I'll tell you, there's some, that, that, you mentioned 55. There was a couple games here. I'm one off the top of my head, Dallas. I went over 55. That's the one I'm talking about, Craig. I, I, I went over that game. I know it sounds square. I went over that game uh, earlier in the week. But, you know, it, it's hard to, to go over on a game where, where mentally you know that the bookmakers already are in anticipation of the over. So that game's probably supposed to open around 52 and a half or something, 53. I mean, 55, it was up to like 56 and a half. It, it's unbelievable. But I'll tell you something, sooner or later – I'm not going to say this weekend. There's going to be the real sharp guys coming in and taking the under on these games mm. at game time because you can only go so high in the NFL. I mean, 57, even though it's, it's a key number, anything like, like on sevens, on, on ones, the last number of, that comes out, they're key numbers. So uh, I, I'll tell you, I'm actually shocked by this, but, I'll, uh, but my guys that I deal with, they told me to go over. Uh, on the, I went over on a Listen. lot of these games too. I went, I, you know, I'm so sure I talked about this earlier already, but like the Saints, the Seahawks lost their starting nickel back. They lost one of their best and only pass rushers. They don't have a pass rush. And the Cowboys are down three corners. And so when I think about the way that Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott have started the year, how do you not want to go to the over? And it's a 425 game. It just it has all the signs of a 31-28 game. 
And that game also, I hope that is the final, something like that, because I'll tell you right yeah. now, you hit on something. That game opened three and a half, and the sharp guys were betting it up to four and a half. I, I actually didn't bet it. I just seen the move. I seen it moving. I don't do a lot of NFL sides, like I said last week. However, I actually got to buy here at Circa in Vegas. I bought it minus three, minus 35. And I'm, you got I'm the a, Seahawks at minus three? I have minus three, minus 35. Because I'm now looking the other side. Now I'm looking at the Cowboys five and a half, Listen, and I'm going, there's a lot of value there. I don't like middle in games. If this game goes to six, I, I, I'll tell you, this is one of those fishy games. There's some fishy games this week. This is one of them. And, you know, this is a game five, where the Cowboys could be up seven and lose by seven. You right. know, it, there's so much scoring. Right. I mean, listen, the Cowboys one and one. They should probably be zero and two. They didn't look that great, but they made a great comeback against the Falcons. So early in the show, I talked about how it's actually incredibly staggering when you look at zero and two teams against the spread in Week Three. They cover. They've been covering the last four years, seventy six percent of the time. Um, I, I talked last week about 0-1, but it's 0-2 is really the juicy number. How how much stock should I put into that? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's actually – I'm not one that goes by trends because it's different ball clubs year after year, especially going back four or five, ten years. I, I, when these guys – that tell you, you know, that this team has covered so many percentage of games over the last 15 years. Well, what does 15 years matter? What does five mm. years matter? Uh, it's a different, whole different ball club. But I like what you said because, like, the sharp action this week came on an 0-2 team. Houston. Houston plus five and a half versus I Pittsburgh. I love Houston. It, it, I mean, Houston is a great it, – it really Houston is. right now, as we're recording this Thursday morning, plus four at the Steelers. And, and the sharp position is on Houston, huh? Absolutely. The Texans, they must, they must win this game to, go, to avoid going 0-3. They don't want to go 0-3. And listen, they, they lost their two games first, the best teams in the NFL. I mean, they lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Ravens. Uh, this may be their spot. I know the Steelers are 2-0, but they've only beaten a couple. You know, I don't want to make fun of New York teams. That's, you know, it's my, my area there. I love those guys. No, but guys. I think it's very fair to say, and, and this is something that I feel, that they beat a Giants team, and they didn't put up as many points as we see how bad this Giants defense is. And Ben takes two quarters to get used to everything right now. And in that second game against Denver, you know, as soon as Drew Locke goes down, you got to win that game by a ton. And the fact that Jeff Driscoll, who's a mobile quarterback, and he's not as good on, the, on his feet as Deshaun Watson. It, it opened my eyes a little bit to go, I still believe in the Steelers as a long-term season over, but right now that offense is just not clicking enough for me to feel that comfortable against a guy like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, I, and I thought I, – I th well, to go back to that game, though, I thought, you know, Pittsburgh – and listen, Denver could have won that game. Don't go by the end of the game when they got 50-yard, uh, you know – James Conner. Yeah, yep. you can't go – but Denver could have actually won that game with a backup. They look like a, a really good team there against Pittsburgh. So uh, I definitely agree. Listen, it's amazing you hit on the same game. that I had that game down to talk to you about, and I just did. Uh, Houston Perfect. may be one of those teams this week. Don't be surprised to see them win outright. I didn't bet them yet. I don't know if I'm going to bet them, but I'm just saying that they, they were plus five and a half. Now they're down to four. I can understand the reasons why. When I That's a follow-up question. When it goes from five and a half to four, and I liked the four, is it – should that give me pause? In other words, you're, you'll take the four instead of taking five and a half? Five, five well, it's, a it's like It's like I woke up today and I saw Texans plus four and I went, ooh, that's kind of juicy. But to now know that it was at five and a half, it's interesting. I'm, I'm getting into an investor mindset and a lot of people tell me, don't, don't worry if you're late. Well, because then you might miss out. But I, I don't know if it's bad in gambling. Especially on this type of a number. 
don't worry if you're late. I mean, uh, five is not a key number in the NFL. Games rarely land five. So, but if it went from three to two and a half, yes. then I should have five. Seven and a half down to six. Oh, God, no. You got to stay away from the key number of seven. Even six mm. is, a, is, is a one of the key numbers. It's like the fourth or fifth key number. So, uh, I, I actually wouldn't worry about that one. I would, you know, if you're looking to take it, you can still take four. Maybe there'll even be a four and a half out there if you, if you do your shopping. Is there a team that the public is really big on right now that you're like, ugh? I couldn't imagine betting that. You know, I, I would have to say the public themselves, they love these, uh, these primetime games. They love, uh, like, a team like the Packers. They're plus three, this is three and a half out there, you know, versus, versus the six. You say, all right, uh, New Orleans just came off a tough game here in Vegas, which was unbelievable, actually, for this town, for this city. Yeah. It was so pumped up to watch. I never pumped up to watch NFL games like you I was. Talk about that before you talk about Packers yeah. Saints. What was it like to have an NFL team in Vegas, Mr. Standing in front of the strip? Even though there was no fans, it was unbelievable. Pandemonium. Every casino had guys on with the silver and black. It was people going crazy, people yelling, screaming, and uh, fireworks at all the casinos. It was really – it was – Special. You know, it was our time to shine. That's and awesome. it's great that the Raiders got that home win uh, first night. It was really good. Yeah. Man, that's great. Okay, so now oh, the Green Bay Drew Brees game. looked toast. They are in a short week. And now they're playing against Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers is a top five MVP candidate. And it sounds like the public is rushing to take the points with the Packers. Yeah, you know, the Packers literally ran through their first two opponents. And uh, everyone saw what 41-year-old Drew Brees looked like in Las Vegas on Monday. Not that it was that bad, but um, I, I tell you, this is an interesting – this would be a fun game to watch. I tell you, the primetime games have been really fun to watch. Yes. Look at the score this past weekend of the Thursday, the, the Sunday night, and the Monday night games. All three of them way over, giant points, giant excitement. Uh, look, look at the Patriot game uh, the other night. It ended on like the goal line with Seattle, like a repeat of the Super Bowl. I mean, it came right down to the end. It was really, really exciting. So, um, I, you know, this is a Sunday night game. Anyone chasing their losses for the week, because that happens a lot, they'll look to get out with the Packers plus three. Or uh, I'll tell you, I hate to say this, there might be a little bit of value with the Saints here. Because I, I have to look at the line. And look out, that's fishy. I mean, how, how can you know how can the Saints be giving these Packers who have just destroyed opponents look great? Aaron Rodgers. Well, you have to just put yourself in the bookmaker state of mind. You know, um, these games when they look fishy, either stay away from them or bet the fishy side. Mm. Do you are there are any other ones that looked fishy to you this week? You know, there was a couple lines. I, I know what I took on Sunday night. I seen this line come up, and uh, I just thought of this. The Rams were plus three everywhere in Vegas, or everywhere in the world, actually. Against Buffalo. the Bills. Yeah. Now you say, okay, Buffalo, uh, they came, I, I think it was the Jets the first week, and then they played Miami. Dolphins. Miami yep. covered, you know, but, you know, I, I, I don't understand. The Rams, you know, they beat Dallas. Uh, they looked good again last really? week against, against, against the Eagles. I don't know how they're getting three points in this game. I took the three, but now I, I have to that. tell you, one of, my, one of my good friends last night, he talked me into getting off the side and even betting the money line to get off the game. So, um, yeah, he, this, this could be one of those fishy games. Buffalo given two and a half points. At Buffalo, Rams, Buffalo Rams is truly one of those week three games where we go, we're going to learn about these teams. That's right. And and it's and I find it very dangerous to bet on games in which we're going to know more about the teams afterwards. That that, that scares me a little bit. You're exactly right. They both right. feel like surprise Super Bowl contenders, but we really don't know who has the grinded out stuff yet. 
Yeah, Buffalo is picked to be the, to be the best uh, in their in their uh, conference there, so in their, in their division. I mean, so let's see what happens here. This will be a fun game to watch too, though. I, I'm I'm actually I have the Rams like I said plus three, um, for you know for I, I bet it for a couple of times when I seen it moving from three. That's to the two side later. that I like. Yeah, yeah. just so because they have happens. the quarterback that I don't think will fumble or turn the ball over. One last one, crack. Yeah. If there was a crack wins bet, uh, and again, it could be a total. It doesn't have to be a side because I, I, the more and more I talk to Sharps, the less and less they bet sides. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, for everybody listening, Crack Wins app, go download it. You can hear my man Crack all week long, not just on this podcast. But what is the one that stuck out to you, Mr. Uh, the, the Monday night game, another, oh, God, another square game, it sounds like. But uh, for, for, the, for me, I bet KC Chiefs Baltimore over 52.5. It's around 53.5 now. And uh, listen, you could bet these overs for now. Like I said, I'm sure one of these weeks it's going to start crashing in the unders. But like I said, it may seem like the square side, but the overs are 21 and 11. So just think what, what these things are hitting wow. so far this season. Um, the Sharps have been pounding all these earlier in the week. Uh, listen, there's been a lot of bad tackling, less holding calls, less defense. Per, you know, uh, so I think these two teams are set. To, to bet the over, to, to go for the over here for my guys and, and everyone else. And I'll tell you one thing else. I gave you guys, I said it was an exclusive for you guys last week with the with the Green Bay Packers over first half. I gave it out on, on uh, your show. I'm going to do it again. I didn't give this out. I didn't bet it yet or anything. I'm going to bet the first half over in that game too. Mm. I think a lot of points. I think what's interesting is the Chiefs' defense seems to be a weak spot. The one information nugget I will say, they're getting Mike Pennell. Uh, defensive tackle back after two weeks of suspension. So I think that'll help stop the Ravens running game, which if anything will encourage them to pass more. But I, I look at those two quarterbacks and I go, I don't, I haven't seen anyone slow down their offenses. Their defenses though have had momentary lapses. Uh, I, I love that. bet, And I, I know it's square, but it feels so good. It does. And explosive quarterbacks here, Mahomes, Jackson, and the defenses, like you say, uh, you're on your game as usual, my man. All right. Crack, you are the man. Thank you as always. Thank you. Crack wins app. Check it out. See you next week. Take care, buddy. See you, brother. All right. Thank you to Crack. Again, check out the Crack wins app. Thank you to Stephen Ruiz for the win. Uh, And thank you to the smart guy for talking to me this morning. It is now time for Lefko's Lock. I know we had, what was it? Lock love list? Or is it, it was love a lean. lean list? Yeah, you had, a, you had a list that you were listing toward it. You have a lean that you're really kind of 45 degree angle at it. And then a lock where it's like, let's get I this am switching in. lock to love. You're loving it. Yeah, I'm loving it. Lock, okay. I I had a few people DM me and they were like, just use love. And I was like, okay, I'll switch to love. We might have How to go we- back to John Barchard though, because I think he has a lock signal in his, uh, <laughs> in his, his drop. It's the key to my heart. I think I went, what, one and two in those three last week? You did. Uh, your, your lean was a positive. I think it was the, uh, the over of the Arizona game. The that was the one that you won. Okay. Oh, Arizona over. And then the other ones I got wrong, I think I took Pittsburgh, which was setting up to be a perfect bet when Jeff Driscoll came in. I have no idea what happened. It's the reason I'm a little bit softer on them. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh minus I, seven was a loss. And then- uh, My lock you, was you, the Chiefs, Justin the Chiefs, Herbert. Right. So in both cases- I bet against Tyrod Taylor and Drew Locke and, and Justin Herbert and uh, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll came out of nowhere. Your uh, guaranteed loss, I believe you were okay. Yeah, I did great. So again, for people that don't know, I'm going to try to go 16-0 and 0 with 
12 to, 12 to one bets or 13 to one bets all year, which is very difficult to do. So far, I have correctly lost because last year, last week I said Miami would win by between 13 and 18 points. They lost outright. So I'm doing great. Great. All right. So the ones that I'm thinking about right now, some that I haven't mentioned yet, I am not taking this, but Denver is quietly 2-0 against the spread okay. and historically at home in September. They are unbelievable. Uh, I believe that Tampa Bay and Brady, I believe, is 4-6 and six at Denver in his career, and that's with the Patriots, not the Buccaneers. Right. Um, so, And I think that Denver is, what, five-and-a-half-point dogs in that one? Five-point uh, dogs, something right. like that? Denver is – I have six, but it's it's been fluctuating five-and-a-half. Uh, that might be a lean for me. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not locking that in yet for anything. Uh, I am. I'm very interested in the Lions plus five and a half. I'm very interested in over five, 54 and a half in that game. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm leaning a little bit Cowboys plus five. I like the over in that game. Um, after talking to Steve Ruiz, I'm getting more and more confident about the, the Los Angeles Rams. You know, what did you think about hearing him talk about the Rams as the number one team in the NFC right now? I wasn't ready for that. That's the clip that I'm going to cut out of our NFC preview <laughs> where I told you, you don't think the McVay offense could recreate what it did two years ago? And you laughed at me and you shrugged me off. I did said, not no laugh chance. at you. I'm going to cut that clip. We're going to put it out in week six when they're 6-0 and and you're going to feel silly. <laughs> and I'm okay because it's important to know in the NFL, we're, we're learning every week. But what did you think about what Ruiz said? Uh, well, I love the way he looks at that defense and says that they're they're just going to make things more complex. And there's a lot of young, good quarterbacks out there. And the one thing that you can always do to a talented young quarterback is throw something at you at them that they didn't expect. You know, like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, when they're in their heyday, they're they're loving when you try to like mix things up and gamble on them and do weird stuff. Totally. Whereas Josh Allen, he might not be able to adjust, and that's the big test. And I love defenses that put young quarterbacks to the test. All right, let me go. I just kind of want to see. I should have looked up some team totals, uh, but we'll, we're, we're going to do it these. So I'm going to go. Um, all right, the ones that I'm thinking about, and Amber, I'm going to need your advice. Okay. Uh, Browns minus seven. Lions, Cardinals over 54 and a half. Uh, Cowboys, Seahawks over 55 and a half. Rams plus two and a half. I have to write these down. There's too many numbers. Okay, Browns minus seven. Give me one more. Rams plus two and a half. Yep. Cowboys, Seahawks over 55 and a half. Okay. Cardinals, Lions over 54 and a half. Titans minus two and a half. Denver plus six. Eagles minus four and a half. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You're and just I'm not, choosing among those. And it's it's just interesting. I'm not looking at I mean, like Ravens Chiefs over is definitely a thing. Uh I'm gonna stay away from Packers Saints. Of I'm gonna go which one do it do I sound like I love the most? I think you love cards, uh the uh this the Seahawks Cowboys over, but that feels square to me. Right? That's that's just yeah. me as an outsider saying like that feels like Joe Vegas coming into the, the sports book and saying like, oh, the Seahawks, they're going to put up points, bang in the over. They just feel square to me. That's just all. That's that that's my that's my take. But you do seem to love it. I do. I do. Don't I? I do. Okay. Let me go. Uh, my love will be Lions Cardinals over. Okay. 
my what's the second one called uh we have a, a lean a lean my lean will be in honor of steven ruiz rams plus two and a half mm-hmm. and my list this is a perfect list it's one that i want to take credit for but the team fucking scares me and that's okay i'm going browns minus seven okay. i'm fucking rolling the dice baker mayfield i got your back we're going with the Browns, <laughs> but I I look at that as I have officially picked up the Browns defense in both of my fantasy leagues. I believe with all the injuries coming back, this will be a game won by the Browns defense, and I have to ask myself this question. If the Browns are up 10 and Dwayne Haskins has the ball in his own 20 with two minutes left, am I worried? And the answer is no. So I'm going to take that team. And I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to jump out to a lead. This could completely blow my face. But that is my love is Lions Cardinals over 54 and a half. My lean is Rams plus two and a half. And my list is Browns minus seven. Man, there are so many other good bets out there that I passed up for that. That's disgusting. Who is Ingber's loser? Uh, it's a money line parlay this week. <laughs> We've got... The Washington football team at plus 275 to win outright against the Browns parlayed with the Raiders to outright beat the Patriots at plus 235. You parlay a 275 and a 235, and it's a little under 12 to 1. So I'm hoping, because I wanted to lose, I'm hoping that Washington and the Raiders, not both of them win. I'm fine with one of them winning. So if either, wow, so we're actually juxtaposed here. No, no, we're we're aligned. If if the Browns win, the Browns I win, win my bet because I want to lose the Washington Raiders. No, party. but I mean now I'm conflicted because I want you to lose your loser, but I also <laughs> But I you know what? I'm only risking my lean. I'm only risking my lean. <laughs> if the Browns win and the Patriots win, then I double one. But you know, if, if Washington comes through and the Raiders don't, I I'm perfectly fine. I'm losing this. Party. I wish you were making these and there's no way to bet against those in real life. There's just no value. Well, you, there there would be a little bit of value. Like the the Patriots would be like minus 170 or something. I could do the parlay calculator real quick if you want to vamp for a second. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, yeah, but those are the bets that we have. I want to give a special shout out again to Crack for coming on uh, at the Strip. It's cool to hear about what it was like in Vegas. Uh, Stephen Ruiz, again, follow him at the Stephen Ruiz on Twitter. Um, and we'll be putting out clips uh, throughout the week as we normally do. Hit me up on Sunday, whether it's through Instagram DMs or Twitter. Uh, I might go live this Sunday. I think I'm going to start going more live on on my Adam Lefko Instagram, so follow that there. And do you have the parlay for us, David Ingber? I do. So the Patriots are minus 275 and the Browns are minus 300, which is actually like a lot of juice. But if you wanted to parlay those two favorites winning, the Patriots and the Browns winning, on a $100 bet would net you $81. Mm. So, I mean, a little bit of value there, right? You're just, you're just taking like a, a Vegas vig. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't bet these games, but I'm curious. Uh, Packers, Saints, no line. Who do you think wins that game? Uh, I'm going to take the Packers. The, the, pack, the Packers are doing some unbelievably historic offensive things through two yeah. weeks, and it's not my job to say that it can't, can't keep going. And even still, what the I way saw the from Ra- the Saints The way the, the Raiders night, targeted Malcolm Jenkins, it just made me go – Yes. Is Drew Brees going to be in a dome? Yes. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a dome. Like Aaron Rodgers in a dome, if you think about all those games in Atlanta over the years, dude tears it up. I, that, that to me, my betting brain says Saints, 
every other morsel of my body says Packers. 85 points and 1,000 yards through two weeks hasn't been done since the 91 Bills. I mean, that was a juggernaut offense. Just going to say the Lions defense stinks and the Vikings are awful, but I agree. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, we got to get this in before Monday. Where are you with Chiefs Ravens? Uh, that's just too many points. I think it was three and a half. Not, but, not, not talk about the spread, just straight up winners. I'll take the Ravens right now. It just felt like a lot of points. That was the thing that I was looking at, yes. but you know what? One of those teams will come out of there with a loss, which helps the other teams in the AFC secure a playoff spot. Mm. Yeah. The way I, the way I look at that game is the Ravens seem to be the complete team. The Ravens last year, uh, were able to run all over the chiefs in that regular season game. It took a few miracle Lamar throws, um, but I, I think the Chiefs have a lot of kinks to work out, and the Ravens seem to be operating at a super high level. Either way, it is going to be a joy to watch. I hope it is a joy to watch for all of you this weekend. I hope that you're being smart with the bets. Every favorite won on Sunday last week. So it's, it's an interesting time. A lot of overs, a lot of favorites, not a lot of holding calls. Be smart. Do not bet if you cannot afford it. Uh, if you want, just bet me a gentleman's bet on social media if it means not risking money. Okay? I love you guys. I'm looking out for you. For David Ingber. If you want to look professional on camera, do what I did. And seven minutes before you start recording, throw a bunch of books on shelves. Nice. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And we will holla, holla, holla at Atlanta. Peace.